salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. I am doing a special episode, a special episode on this podcast for one Mr. Julio Jones. I'm only talking about Julio Jones because this man wants out of Atlanta. And I'm going to tell you why he wants out of Atlanta. But first, I just want to give a shout out to all the people that have been listening to this podcast to this point. I appreciate it from the very depths of my heart. It is a big deal to me to sit behind this mic on a weekly basis. Sometimes every other day I may do an episode, but I had to do a special episode. I said I wouldn't touch football, but I'm going to do a special episode with my man Julio Jones going into his 10th season with the Hotlanta Falcons. This brother has made it to the Super Bowl back in, uh, what was it, maybe 19? No, it was 19. It was 2016, I want to say. Maybe I'm off by a year. I mean, I want to say 2016. So let's go with 2016. 2016 might have been the best season of his career. He almost called him a quarterback. This guy received 83 receptions for over 1,400 yards and six touchdowns, averaging about 17 yards per reception. And I I, want to concentrate on Julio Jones because it's evident he is frustrated. He has had it up to here with the Atlanta Falcons. Now they have a new coach now with Arthur Smith coming over from Baltimore. Shout out to the people out there in Baltimore County. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to sit here and tell you that Julio Jones realizes that his time is up. And he realizes his time is up because of the draft. Now, it almost doesn't make any difference what they selected, who they selected during the time of the draft. It was who they selected first. Now, for anybody that's been following this podcast till now, they know that I had done a special mock draft for the draft that happened uh, several days ago, might as well say a month ago. And Atlanta had an opportunity at the fourth overall pick to select Penay Sewell was supposed to be the man going to the Falcons. And I said that he should go to the Falcons in my draft, of course. He should go to the Falcons because they need to improve that offensive line. The offensive line was average at best. And I felt like the average the average offensive line, when you're talking about a quarterback like Matt Ryan, needs all the protection in the world so that he can make his other players happy. That includes the wide receivers. It's always about the divas on the team. I label them, the commission labels them divas because, you know, they always want the ball. There could be five receivers on a team. Three of them could be all-star Pro Bowl material, and all of them want the ball at pretty much the same time. That is a discrepancy that if I'm a coach, I don't want anything to have. If I'm a, if I'm the quarterback of this team, I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to do this with, with, with all these receivers that all want the ball. 
And from what I gather of Julio Jones, he doesn't seem to be that type. For the last 10 years, you never heard a word come out of his mouth about how much he really wants the ball. At least I never witnessed it. Okay, I, I'd never seen it on ESPN or, or Fox Sports, what have you, NFL Network, where he really came out of his mouth and said, I want more of the ball. Now, I've heard Keyshawn Johnson come out and say things like that. I've heard Terrell Owens come out and say things like that. I've heard Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Chad Ochocinco, say things like this. Because you realize these guys are the premier receivers that feel like every time the quarterback steps on the field, first down, second down, third down, they should get the ball. Can we deny that? Can we deny the fact that these receivers should always get the ball? I mean, you figure in a game, in roughly a game, the average quarterback can throw the ball somewhere close to 35 to 50 times, depending on if it's a blowout, the game's close, if it overtime. I think it's simple to anticipate quarterbacks having to go out there and throw in the ball a number of times. And in today's NFL, as much as we may want the quarterback to run, we still want the quarterback to throw. And we want the quarterback to be able to connect with his best receivers. And in the case with, uh, uh, with the case with Atlanta, it's the fact that Atlanta has had their share of receivers to this point, and they've only been to the Super Bowl once. I remember when they had Roddy White there. I remember when they had Muhammad Sanu there. I remember when they had uh, a number of receivers that really helped out Matt Ryan. Algie Crumpler, shout out to him. He was probably one of the better tight ends when he was with Mike Vick, happened to be around during the time of, of uh, Matt Ryan, and now, we're going through what I guess would be a generational phase, if you want to say that, where now we got a new generation of receivers. And Julio Jones is now the alpha dog. He is the number one receiver for this team without any argument there. This man has a list of accolades of which he's been a seven-time pro bowler. He is a five-time all-pro. And needless to say, he leads the team. He leads that organization in receiving yards and receptions. So we know how much of an asset Julio Jones is. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to blueprint this so you guys can understand where I'm going with this with Julio. Draft comes, draft night comes, uh, April 29th, what have you, and they're on the clock. And they're fourth overall. And I'm thinking Penny Sewell makes all the sense in the world because it'll make the offensive line happy. It will make Matt Ryan happy. And essentially, it will make Julio Jones happy because he is the man in Atlanta. Say what you want. I know we want to try to glorify the quarterbacks. I understand that we're trying to somehow shine a light on some of the other guys that have been there for a few years, including Calvin Ridley. But... It's the fact that with Julio Jones, you know this man could take over a game once you throw the ball his way. Deep route, doesn't do much slant rounds, but he'll do a hook pattern. He'll give you a slant run every now and then, and he'll give you a good 10 yards pop. That's what makes him so unique. That's what makes him so extraordinary as a receiver. Big frame, 6'3", somewhere over 220-some-odd pounds, muscle, legs, fast, swift, heavy, hard, strong, 
DK Metcalf is, dare I say, a carbon copy of Julio Jones. Now, people can argue that. They may say, well, man, look at, look at Metcalf. He's a freak. Yeah, okay. He's a big dude. He's 6'3", 6'4", himself. But before there was DK Metcalf, there was Julio Jones. So the draft comes around. Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. Fourth overall. Go after Penny Sewell, I said. Go after Penny Sewell. I might have even, I might even tweeted tweeted this to owner Arthur Blank. I, I don't know if he got the tweet. I, I don't know if maybe he took it, he accepted it, maybe his wife deleted it. I don't know. But I try to reach out to these people and let them know you gotta go with Penny Sewell in order to uh amplify the team to become a better team in that division, because that's a division that they can actually win. Now that we know Drew Brees is gone, Cam Newton's already in, in, in New England, that division is wide open for the taking. And the only experienced quarterback we have there in that division at this point would be Matt Ryan. So you owe it up to him to get these guys back into position where they can win again and maybe go to the playoffs and then perhaps go to the Super Bowl again. The Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. Man, oh man, oh man, why? <laughs> I can listen. It's a rhetorical question. I know why they went with Kyle Pitts. And I think anybody in their right mind outside of the three quarterbacks that went before him know and understand how valuable a player Kyle Pitts is. And and I saw on Twitter one person said potential to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, great. You mean to tell me that Matt Ryan's gonna be around for the next 12 or 13 seasons to make sure this guy has a chance to go to the Hall of Fame? Stop it. It's not to take away from who Kyle Pitts is. I think he's a wonderful athlete. Based on what I saw and how he played in Florida, I know what potential he has. But I'm not even talking about Kyle Pitts. I'm just talking about the fact that you're talking about Julio Jones, who at that time was supposed to be that outstanding, talented athlete. Now he's going to be overshadowed by a younger version of who Julio Jones is, maybe slightly bigger, maybe slightly taller. You probably wouldn't know it from a distance. But now Julio Jones is irate. You have discouraged this man. You have woken up the sleeping bear. Now you have to deal with the mess that comes with it. He's irate. He's beside himself because all he's heard for all of his career is that there's no way we're going to get rid of Julio Jones. From Arthur Blank on down. Now all of a sudden this man is, 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 is eligible for trade talks. He's worth the first round pick. Come on. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a team out there that's willing to give up the first round pick for Julio Jones, but what I don't understand is why would the stakes be so high for this man that you know is depreciated and how he plays on the field? He physically is a fit specimen, but he's been plagued by the injury bug for the last several years. I don't think this guy has finished a season yet over the last five seasons, if I'm correct. I could be off. But I'm pretty sure over the last five seasons, he's missed a game or two or more due to injury. But yet he's worth a first round pick. So now we, we get why 
the Atlanta Falcons came out and said all this. We know why they're trying to make this a big deal because they realize they can probably get some value for Julio. And the new coach is coming in, has no ties to Julio Jones whatsoever. So to him, he becomes another expendable player. We like you. Thanks for everything. You, you had a great year back in 2016. Took us to the Super Bowl, but that was with Dan Quinn. Is Dan Quinn with that organization now? No. Yeah, well, the offense was great. It was ran by, what's that dude's name? Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. He's the reason why this team went. I mean, we had uh, we had all the pieces in play, and we had a decent running game, and the whole nine, and Julio took advantage of all that. We had Tevin Coleman and, and, and a number of other running backs back there to help run the carry the load. But uh, where's uh, Shanahan at now? San, oh, that San Fran, right. So really means very little to me too. Arthur Smith is just standing there thinking to himself I gotta do better with this team and he believes the only way he can stamp his 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 imprint, if he can stamp his signature on this team it has to start by getting rid of Julio Jones, trading Julio Jones if you look at all the other teams that have receivers that are in their 30s Maybe somewhere close to 33, maybe 34, 35. You look at Larry Fitzgerald. Shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. The man is 37. Arizona said, you know what, man? We love some Larry Fitzgerald. He's done a lot for us. This guy's taking us to the Super Bowl, to a number of NFC championships. But you got to go. We can't keep you no more. We can't we can't hold this locker for you anymore because we need younger talent. We need faster talent. We need stronger talent to fill up these locker rooms. We need new guys. We need new blood. The Arizona Cardinals are refurbishing their team. The Atlanta Falcons are refurbishing their team. They're just basically redoing it from the inside out. At some point, Matt Ryan will be the next to go. But see, what makes Matt Ryan so special is the fact that this man really doesn't get hurt. If this guy had the injury bug, we'd be talking about a new quarterback right now. I can't remember if Atlanta selected a quarterback in the draft. But the point to all this is Julio Jones becomes the next in line to go because they understand the direction that the Atlanta Falcons are going in. And with Coach Smith there, he's making it clear that we really don't need him anymore. I mean, there's probably a number of teams that would want Julio Jones. But interesting enough, for those that might have seen it on Twitter last few days, he had the audacity to wear a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt. Why Dallas? You think of all the teams that probably have enough cap room you think of all the teams within each conference that can use a bruiser of a receiver like a Julio Jones, it really questions why Dallas. Dallas is already loaded. And regardless of how much money Jerry Jones may have in his back pocket, 
I still believe that he could not afford a Julio Jones based off what Atlanta is asking for. But I understand Julio's, uh, I understand his perspective and I understand what he's trying to do. I understand the angle that he's trying to show out there. You know, he's trying to throw it out there on Twitter. He's trying to throw it out there on um, Undisputed with Shannon Sharp giving that brother a call. He doesn't want to be in, in Atlanta anymore anyway. He wants to be traded. He's made that clear. I want to be traded. But, you know, it makes sense to a degree if you're talking Dallas. The only problem I have is he becomes that third or fourth receiver or diva on the team that wants the ball, too. So how is that Prescott, even in his finest hour, going to be able to distribute these footballs or just one football to so many receivers? That's why I can't understand why Atlanta is even playing with this. Why are we even holding this by the fire? Why are we making an example of Julio Jones who could very well take this team to another Super Bowl, all bearing that he's uh, healthy and in and, 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 and sync and physically fit? And, and I don't see this man coming to uh, training camp out of shape or overweight, nothing like that. I'm concerned about his health and the durability that he could provide for Atlanta. Never mind any other team. Because the same rules provide if he goes with any other team. He may not be fit to take on a full season. And I think this is why a lot of teams are apprehensive now. We're going to try to invest all this money in a man that may only give you eight games. Even with a, with a, with a season now with 17 games, we can't afford to invest that much money mortgage the house or whatever they call it <laughs> we can't mortgage the house on this guy however the term is called but you get my point nobody can afford a julio jones atlanta doesn't want julio jones julio jones don't want to be with atlanta so can you see the conundrum that's been developed here? It's just the fact that we've got these these, these areas here, these narratives where he wants out of Atlanta, but nobody can afford him. Nobody's willing to trade away a first round pick or two for Julio Jones. And if I am a GM outside, of course, being the commission, but if the commission of the GM, I'd be the first one to say, hey, listen, what you're asking for is a little too much. However, I can give you a second round pick for next draft and maybe a first round pick for the draft after that for Julio Jones. Now, this being the GM, given I have cap room and I'm in desperate need of a premier receiver, that makes all the sense in the world. But I'm sure there have been plenty of teams that have done that and it has not come to fruition but it, it's just the fact that when you think of Julio Jones and what he's done thus far what's unfair is the fact that he's had a lot of great seasons he's had some stellar seasons it's just the fact they've all been cut short by injury you really can't help that if you're a football player these days especially if you're a receiver you are a target and considering how big he is and how physical he is this is something that, even for Julio Jones, could be his biggest test in his career. I would hate to think that he'd have to retire a Falcon 
than going to the Hall of Fame, similar to what we saw of Calvin Johnson, without an opportunity to at least go back to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately for Calvin Johnson, he couldn't even smell a Super Bowl. Shucks, he probably couldn't even smell a playoff. I think he had one shot in the playoffs, and that was it. So for Julio Jones and for where we are with this man, I get it. You want to see this man excel and succeed again in Atlanta. But if you ask him to commission, this is where things get really tough for him. Because it looks as though nobody is willing to invest that much money in him. And who's to say if Atlanta decides to even keep him on the team after training camp? I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan will fight like hell to make sure he stays there. But I got to believe if you're the new organization or if you're the organization that is Atlanta and you have a new sheriff in town along with new people that help support him, it really does become the question of what's going to happen to Julio Jones this season. So says the commission. With the time I have left, which is very little, I want to pay homage. I want to show a little love and respect to kicker Adam Vinatieri who just retired 24 hours ago after 24 seasons in the NFL. He was, last year, the oldest player in the league. He holds the record for most points in NFL history. Close to 2,700 points. Amazing. This man played for four teams. Excuse me. He played for two teams. He's been in the Super Bowl four times. That's what I meant to say. Let's make this clear. He was with the Patriots for a long time. I want to say about 10 seasons. And he's been with the Colts for the remainder of that time. So he's had a career that nobody can mimic. He's had a year or years like no other especially the times that he's been in the Super Bowl. The fact that Adam Vinatieri is the only kicker to have rings in this time period with a chance to go to the, uh, the Hall of Fame, of course. Uh, it, it's amazing. It, it's, it's, it's amazing that a man can last this long where he's injury-free, relatively healthy, and still had stamina to kick that ball so many times. If you ask me, the commish, I got to believe, if you're looking at Tom Brady right now, Tom Brady's probably got his head down low thinking, you know what, I'm not necessarily the MVP of this team. A lot of those Super Bowls didn't come down to me. It came down to Adam Vinatieri. It came down to his foot and winning at least three of those Super Bowls for him during the time that he was with the Patriots. And I get it. We got to give credit where credit is due. And for what Adam Vinatieri did with the, with that Patriots team was short of amazing. This man kicked a lot of game winners. And I can clearly remember a lot of those game winners because I can see Peyton Manning on the other side of the sideline his head down thinking, Dang, at what point am I going to get mine? And he goes to the Colts. And guess what? Peyton Manning gets a ring. So it's, it's very clear. It's crystal clear how valuable a player Adam Vinatieri was. And I'm proud of him. I'm, I'm proud that he was able to last as long as he did. I'm glad that he was healthy enough to still play in the league. And he's been an outstanding player for those two organizations for the longest amount of time. I'm sure he'll write a book at some point. I'll be dying to, to, to read it at some point, of course. But it's, it's uh, a career very well-deserved 
you know, kudos to him, what he decides to do for the rest of his life. But of course, he'll be in Canton at some point. I know that for sure. Five years, we'll be talking about Adam Vinatieri again. How he was the best kicker of all time. So says the commish. I'm going to wrap it up now. I want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart. This is the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commish. And I'll be talking again soon about the NBA. And soon we'll be talking about training camp. Yes, indeed. We're going into a new month before you know it. Month of June, we're talking training camp. So be ready for what I got to talk about. I got to get my work together. I'll make sure everything is done. I dot my I's and cross my T's. But I'll be ready to talk more football before you know it. With that being said, peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated.